So how does it usually work? You kind of like chat to people in between Sheila sessions or uh, you're part of the interview? How, how does it I, work? I, I am the co-host. I mean, a couple of years ago when we started this, Sheila goes, Nate, all you have to do is show up and look pretty. And I was like, on a podcast. Okay, thanks. Thanks, I think. Look, look pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll make sure I do my hair, yeah? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Welcome to the messy back end of entrepreneurship. This is Lee Cassells, co-founder of SFQ Consulting. We all know that the back end is where most businesses fail, and I can tell you from my experience that all businesses have them, from solopreneurs to large corporations. This podcast is all about cleaning up that messy back end so you can save time, make money, and succeed. And now, here are your hosts, Sheila J. Logan and Nate Tucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today, especially if you're overwhelmed and stressed out. Remember what Tyler Knott Gregson once said, promise me you will not spend so much time treading water and trying to keep your head above the waves that you forget, truly forget how much you have always loved to swim. It's a great analogy. On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with Ben Ivey about overwhelming messes. Ben is CEO and founder of The Entrepreneur Lifestyle, an international speaker and mentor. He specializes in helping overwhelmed entrepreneurs live a great lifestyle while boosting business success. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. Our expert Ben will share his experience, expertise, and the tools he suggests to get your backend cleaned up. Thank y'all so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Back End. Coming soon, watch for The Messy Back End of Being a Single Mom, as well as many other Messy Back End topics from photography, speaking, book writing, traveling, and more. How would you like to have your very own Messy Back End podcast? Find out more about how you can use our team, our brand, and our online platforms to start and build your own Messy Back End podcast. Visit themessybackend.com slash join for details. Nate and I would love to be on your podcast or speak at your next event. Visit themessybackend.com slash speaking to send us your event details and learn more about us and our speaking topics. Thank you to our sponsor, Yes Women's Network, where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams. Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com. Don't forget to subscribe, folks, to our podcast. Head on over to themessybackend.com slash subscribe so you never miss an episode. Plus, check us out on Facebook and YouTube to see full video episodes. Now on to our expert, Ben Ivey, for his expert advice. Don't miss your seat, folks. Here we go. Today, we have a messy backend question submitted by one of our listeners. She says, I just took my business full time and I'm staring down the barrel of distance learning and managing my business while taking care of two young children. How can I manage it all? How do I overcome imposter syndrome? Getting up early to squeeze in some hours, trying to do self-care, comparing myself to others. How can I keep that needle moving forward? I swear COVID will make diamonds of us all with the pressure working moms are up against. 
Wow, I've got to say, I'm not even sure how to start with that question. There is so many different uh, facets of that. And I think that especially nowadays with everything happening with COVID, I think most people listening will be able to relate to that on some level. It's been a very overwhelming year for, for most of us. And you know, for, from my experience, let's just take this year as an example, because the truth is, I think every entrepreneur is facing challenges of attempting to do lots of things. Uh, when, when we started this year, as I'm sure you guys did, in January, I was excited for the year. I was so excited. I was thinking, we're going to have some amazing goals to achieve. And then February comes and it's about right. It just does not go well. And the, the challenge that I faced is that I used to do, I say used because I'm not doing as much now, a lot of traveling to different places. So I would fly to China. I had a China tour organized. It was my best one yet. I've got to be honest. I thought it was going to, I was going to nail it. It's going up to Shanghai. Hi, Beijing, Shenzhen. It was, it was all in the mix. It was looking fantastic. And then everything happens and suddenly it's a complete change of scenery with what we're doing. Now for myself, I'm used to speaking at events. I have so much fun speaking on stage, whether in front of 10 people, hundreds of people, I have so much fun. But the challenge is that suddenly my world has turned upside down. Now, not only this, I'm used to being in a long distance relationship. I've been in a long distance relationship for about four and a half years. And we've ended that now because of COVID. So my wife has now come here to the UK. So that's a little bit different for me. However, the challenge that I have now is obviously basically reinventing an entire business. So just imagine you're in my position. Not only do I coach a lot of entrepreneurs um, around the world who are overwhelmed and stressed, but I also coach other coaches to set up their businesses online. And now one of the best sources of clients, which is offline speaking, suddenly has been taken away. So very similar to, to the person that asked this question, I can definitely appreciate feeling overwhelmed and having no idea what to do. So the question is, right, what do you do in that scenario? So for myself, the first thing I did in February was hire myself a business coach. Because in my head, I'm thinking, I have got no idea what I'm doing. I need to find some help. And the truth is that as entrepreneurs, I think most of us are making it up as we go along. And anyone who says that they know what they're doing, they don't know what they're doing. I speak to people who are multimillionaires. They genuinely haven't got a clue. They don't know because that Facebook ads work one month. They don't work the next month. So it's this constant reinvention. So as you mentioned with the imposter syndrome, I think that's something that many people are facing because the truth is we're always attempting to figure it out as we go along, right? Technology is moving so quickly. How do you stay on top of things? So for myself, I, I sort of lent in with a business coach. I started to figure out how do I do what I used to do offline and turn that online. So I used it as an opportunity to actually move forward. And I think that there's often a silver lining with a lot of these things, and especially people working from home. What I've noticed is I actually have much more time and I feel grounded knowing that I'm not commuting. And my commutes used to be a little more than an hour. I'm talking like 12 hours going to China to do a keynote and then coming back. So it's a little bit different for me. And I've never really had so much time. And I think that what, what, I'll, what I'll share, first of all, is that being able to take advantage of the opportunity that arises, I think is incredibly important. It's easy to think that we're staring down a barrel. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And I have felt like that so many times in my life. I can't even tell you that it's, it's incredibly challenging. But if you can look at that different perspective, I think that'll help you see that there's often a silver lining at the end of a challenging journey. 
I love that you're saying that there's more time. You hear this all the time. Like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And I think it was Ben Franklin that said we all had the same amount of time. So some people seem to get more things done than others. And I, just like you, I lost eight speaking engagements on my 50th birthday when the world shut down. For us, it happened on March 11th. I don't know when it happened in the UK. On the, on the flight home, all of us were like, our whole life has just changed. What we didn't realize is it didn't just change for the month of March. It changed for the rest of our lives, right? Realizing that what it gave us and the blessings in it, to me, that's a fantastic answer for, I feel like I'm looking down all these horrible things, maybe turn around and look and see what opportunities you actually have more time with your kids, more time with your family, more time for your business, less time on the road, you know, those kind of things. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, um, it's definitely really cool. And, and something that I feel very grateful for is uh, number one, being here with, with my wife, like in one place. And right. I can't tell you, I'm, a, I'm an actual office now. Do you know how strange that is having like one office? I'm used to having an Airbnb in the middle of Shanghai, like road works going on. I'm attempting to do client calls and having to like mute myself halfway through because of road works it's uh, it's definitely very different and i think that if you can see the humor see the fun side of things i think you can see that there's actually a lot going for us now than there wasn't before yeah i absolutely agree with you on that it's one of those things that i feel like over this year it's really helped us change perspective on what matters most you know what we are going to use with our time previously we'd be like oh yeah let me just hop on a quick flight over to China. I can, I can take care of those things. And then we kind of reevaluated as an entire world of, do we really need to be traveling? We have the technology now. We're able to do things like this a lot more. We don't necessarily need to always get out and go on the road, you know, or go in the air. And we're able to, like Sheila said, spend more time with our family, spend more time with the loved ones that we care about, and then doing the things that we we care about. And I feel like our listener here, she's probably, you know, feeling like she doesn't have enough time because she hasn't yet figured out how to manage this time, just like Sheila said, we all have the same amount of time, but if we're not used to managing that time, it's going to feel overwhelming. We're, we're not used to being able to not take a break from the kids. The kids aren't going off to school and it's like, oh, how do I manage that? How do I get the things done that I was normally getting done while they were in school? And that will take a reevaluation and reprioritizing things and figuring out what really matters. I love that, you know, they bring up the imposter syndrome because for me, I feel like the biggest thing that like I've learned with all of this is I don't have to pretend to be somebody else anymore. Before, at least this is me personally, I always had that kind of, I need to show the world that I'm awesome. We all want to feel awesome. And then the world shuts down and we're all doing the exact same thing. We're all now watching the same, you know, shows about a man that gets eaten by a tiger on TV. And we're, <laughs> we're all doing the same thing. So there's really nothing to show off. It's just, we're all in this together. I really think that it's helped me personally get over that imposter syndrome type of thing because we're all stuck at home. We're all taking Zoom calls in shorts and flip-flops now and a button-down shirt. And that really is an imposter, but that we're all doing it now. Did you see that Good Morning America? The guy who was wearing shorts and it like showed his shorts, right? So just make sure your shorts aren't showing, right, Ben? 
<laughs> yeah, you, you, you've got to make sure you get it right. I mean, for, for myself, whether I'm wearing pajamas or whether I'm wearing something underneath, you've got to look somewhat professional on top. Yes. Uh, and I think that is important. I have to say, I remember doing um, a, a podcast recently and the, the sun started to slowly set there. And, and you could see this like sun just sort of like slowly go down my face. And I'm thinking, please end the podcast soon. And it literally gets to there. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and it's honestly so... Um, so, awesome. so fascinating. But um, with regards to time, I, I definitely agree. I think that the, the biggest challenge that people face, and I feel incredibly fortunate because similar to yourselves, I've actually done a lot of working from home for many years. Mm -hmm. However, using the, the example of my wife, so the challenge she has is the boundaries, right? Where are you working? Like, do you have a separate place to work versus chilling out? And I think it's, it's very important to just anchor different places for when you're actually working and when you're chilling out. Because the challenge is, I think a lot of people are having the blending of the two and they never really feel like they get time off to actually relax. And that's where, when I work with a lot of people, like I talk about business boundaries. Like you have to have boundaries where like, you know what, I'm gonna have a cutoff time. I'm actually gonna chill out. I'm not gonna book calls past this time because I know that I want to relax or whether it's not working on weekends. And I think now more than ever, because many people don't have those boundaries in place of the nine to five going to the office, you have to be able to set them at home. And if you don't, you will get taken advantage of. It's incredibly challenging, but you have to be aware of that yourself so that you don't experience that overwhelm. Right. Like the going home for me, because I just moved recently, I don't have the going home feeling because I had an office before. And so going from the office to the living room or to the bedroom or something like that was my transition, right? Brenda Bussard talks about the importance of transitions. Every time you move, you have a transition and it changes your mindset. It changes your intention for what you're going to accomplish. And right now, as you can see, everything is kind of all in one place now. And I'm, I don't have the awesome living room that Nate has there. And, you know, the transitions change. And I think that's important where you're concentrating on what is your intention for the day? Where are you when you're working on that? And that can make you kind of resolve that time issue too. You know what they say about it takes as long as, as you have. You could do it in an hour, but you have eight. So it takes eight. And yeah. if you only have 15 minutes, you're going to figure out how to get it done in 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah. And you learn the hard way when you take on virtual assistants and you say, just give this a go. See how long it takes. And then 10 yeah. hours later, they give you a spreadsheet and all you wanted was a quick 10 minute piece of work. And you get a 10 hour bill too. You got to watch that. Oh, yeah. And I'm very well aware of that. I remember making so many mistakes with virtual assistants in the past like that's a whole other to episode oh, that's, that's an episode in and of itself honestly that's mistakes of the past <laughs> <laughs> i like that mistakes of the va past that's that's what we need to call the next episode so ben you kind of in your presentations tend to talk a lot about being overwhelmed and kind of getting in that stuck place what are some of the suggestions that you give when you're speaking or when you're working with a client to overcome that list of 194 things that you've got to get done? Well, I, I think that the biggest challenge that, that people face and me included is when you attempt to take everything on at once. And I'll give you an example. So when uh, last year I decided that I wanted to do a TED talk, but in Chinese and my Chinese is pretty good, but I've never done a talk on stage in Chinese. That isn't something that I've done. I mean, I can get by, I can say hello, I can have a conversation, but a TED talk, I thought I challenged myself. And one of the things that I found a little overwhelming as an understatement is I'm thinking, how on earth am I going to do this? I've got three months. 
And I think so often in our lives, we have these big things that we want to do, but unless we break it down, it suddenly becomes very challenging and overwhelming. And for the first week, I genuinely didn't know where to start until I started to figure out, okay, I've got to, I've got to just simplify this. Right, I've got to figure out my first step. So it was to write the thing in English, then get it translated in Chinese, get some feedback. And then I thought, I'm not even going to think about emotions or body language or any of the things that actually matter in a speech until the uh, until a few weeks before. I just want to get this thing learned because I learned the whole thing off by heart, right? So I'm attempting to sort of learn this thing and I'm thinking, how do I utilize my time? I'm coaching people in the day. I'm doing all these things. I need to rehearse this more. So an ingenious idea came to me is that when I'm swimming, I'll just do the whole speech as I swim, right? So no joke, I'm literally doing lengths and I'm doing this entire TED talk in my head. And like, I still remember it, it's hilarious. And as I, as I start doing this, I'm starting to get into the flow and the feel for it. And I feel like when we're overwhelmed, often we're not taking that first step. And I feel that if we ask ourselves, what's the next step I have to take? Or what's the first step? It actually becomes much more easy to deal with something. Even today, literally uh, a few hours ago, I was talking to, to a lady who was getting stressed out about her investing. She was saying, you know, I, I know what to do. I've got everything, but I just haven't bought it. I, I'm just, you know, I just feel overwhelmed. I'm not sure where to start. There's just too many uh, ETFs. Like, how do I pick one? And I, I think that the, the challenge there is when you're in that overwhelmed state, there's so many options that for many of us, we just disappear. We go somewhere else. We don't know what to do. And it's there where you have to just say, okay, just pick one, right? Make a decision and make it happen. I think the challenge now is we're in this information overload. There are so many people telling us all these different things and all this contradictory advice. It's very challenging to know what to do. I have people telling me, Ben, you could never learn a speech off by heart in Chinese. That's so stupid. One's if you forget it on stage, right? That funny thing is I did forget it on stage. I'll get to that shortly. So, uh, I, so for, for, for the TEDx as an example, incredibly overwhelming, but I just went through it step by step. And then I was on stage and imagine I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I've got to learn this thing off by heart. Halfway through the speech, right? I'll send you the, the, the link afterwards. You guys can check it out. It's got English subtitles, don't worry. I literally went blank. So imagine feeling overwhelmed. I'm standing in front of 500 people. I'm speaking in a foreign language and now my mind's gone black, right? <laughs> and <laughs> can you just imagine what you'd be experiencing? So I'm there and I remember looking at someone in the crowd and I said, yeah, what do we do in Chinese? Like, woman's in my bam. And I look at this dude and he just sort of shrugs his shoulders like this, right? Because <laughs> he hasn't got a clue. And it was just enough time for me to remember what I was saying. And I sort of carried on the speech and I don't think anyone noticed. But it's, it's moments like that that really help us to move forward in life. But it's incredibly overwhelming when you go on that journey. But the cool thing, uh, what I see about overwhelm is it's this muscle that we kind of build up through time. And the prerequisite of that is this decision-making ability. I think that a lot of people that get overwhelmed are people that aren't making quick decisions they need to do to move forward. And then they get overwhelmed. Okay, let's use this year as an example. When something like this happens, it's very easy to think, oh my God, I have no idea what to do. We procrastinate, we get overwhelmed, we look into all these options for many months. And then by the time we figured something out, everything has changed again. And this is where if for those listening, you can become more of a leader of your own life. Choose to make a decision, make a decision fast and change it slow. It will help with overwhelm in ways you can't even imagine because you're actually getting things done that need to be done as opposed to it building up over time and you procrastinating. I love that. Make a decision fast and make it happen slow. There's a quote somewhere that says that the top 
people in the world are not necessarily great decision makers, but they make decisions fast. Those people are like, they make too many things and they don't, you know, that's totally me. Like you just described me to the <laughs> Nate's laughing because he's like, yep, she's right. So I tend to yeah. overcomplicate things. You know, I know how the how, so I kind of teach the why, the what, and the how. And the how is what always holds people back. And I'm really good at the how, so I overcomplicated it. It's like, how am I going to make that event happen? They need to focus on getting the event to happen and other people focus on the how. To us, the how is kind of the, the back end, the messy parts. We tend to overcomplicate that. And I love how you said I need to simplify it, make quick decisions, and make it happen over time. I literally felt my anxiety level go down when you said that. For me, that's brilliant. That's going to be your quote, I think, for this episode. I love that so much. The tagline. Yeah, yeah that's, that's exciting. We've got a quote and we haven't even finished yet. Oh, what, what else could we bring? I know, but <laughs> drop the mic, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. What, what it reminds me of when you were saying that, a lot of times we do, we get overwhelmed by limitless possibilities and choices. And I, I don't know if Ben, you know, over in the UK, this example will totally resonate, but we have two different restaurant chains out here. There's one called the Cheesecake Factory. Yes. And Cheesecake Factory has a menu that's about as long as the Bible. It's 800 pages long. And there are just so many items. I'm slightly exaggerating, but only slightly. And then another very popular restaurant chain, it's a fast food chain out here in the West Coast, is called In-N-Out. Just look at the, the even the titles themselves. One is a factory. It's just churning in it. You think of a factory as just always constantly going and it, they have a million choices there. In-N-Out, they basically ask you, how hungry are you? Do you want a cheeseburger with one patty, two patties, or three patties? It's so simple. They have like six menu items. Items, and that's why they get you in and out so quickly. And it is about that decision-making process. The only decision that you need to make at in and out is how hungry am I? Really it is. It's how many calories do I need to put in my belly right now? And usually I, I overindulge there and I'm like, yes, I'm extra hungry. And then, you know, 20 minutes later I go, oh, I'm extra full. It's rewarding because you make that decision quickly as opposed to going to the Cheesecake Factory and you go, oh, I don't know, should I get this menu item or this one? And that cheesecake sounds good. And then I end up buying six and it's just, it's a disaster. I, can, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I think what this comes to is that nowadays, the challenge that people have, there are so many options that work online, right? You mm -hmm. could do LinkedIn, you could do Facebook, you could do Pinterest, right? You could do SEO, you could do Google Ads. There's so many options and this is just for marketing, let alone creating your website. Are you doing it on Wix? Do you have a web developer, right? The, the challenge is, as opposed to going to the Cheesecake Factory where there's a limit, there's literally unlimited options. And I think this is the biggest challenge for entrepreneurs nowadays. It's that we're in this information overload, but we're starving of wisdom. And the challenge that we have is that we are people that want to make the right decision because very often people are in fear and they're not sure where to turn. So the challenge is how do you make that decision when there's so many options going on? And I think especially for entrepreneurs just starting out, they haven't got revenue yet. You're just starting your business. Where do you put your money? And you end up not spending it because you're not sure where to spend it. And then you can't get clients and you think I'm going to spend on Facebook ads. You make no money and then you get stressed. And it's, it's just an incredibly challenging journey. And I remember when I first started that and I was thinking, okay, Facebook ads, I've heard this advert and Facebook ads are adding me and uh, there's clearly experts out here. Let's give it a go. That's 
spend a grand, I get diddly squat and I'm thinking, oh, but other people are getting it right. Surely it's in my, I must be doing it wrong. And I think that the challenge there is that unless you can do something deeply and actually in depth, as opposed to doing everything on the surface, it becomes very challenging. And, and it really brings me back to the shiny penny syndrome. Very often we see that it's better over there and we're constantly leaping cues or doing something different and expecting it to work straight away. When the truth is, if we can have the patience to just pick something, follow through and actually do it, it would serve us so much more long-term. One of my favorite episodes is with Steve Dotto. And he talked about tech. I think it's like the messy side of tech. How do you know what tech to use? And basically what it came down to was what tech do you have use that? Everybody has their own special CRM they like using or whatever. And not everybody is going to benefit from that particular one. So you do have all these options. Find the one that works best for you at that time. And if you have to move later, that's down the road, right? So find out, you know, I think I started my business. I was paying $16 a month for my web hosting and that's all I paid for. I did everything through my Facebook. I did everything through, you know, like I used Excel for my invoices. I actually went and picked up checks for my clients as working with real estate agents locally. And so find out what works for you right now. Man, you just have two more quotes. Like you're one, I can't remember this off the top of my head, but the first one that you said was, we are in an information overload, but we're starving for knowledge because I think we only get these drips of each thing instead of really focusing on that one the second one was to um, think deeply or do something deeply and not on the surface. That's that struggle of we have a lot of information, but how much of it are we actually internalizing and using to make yeah. ourselves better, to improve our business? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and I think it's so true. Like I genuinely think so many of us are starving of wisdom. And I was listening to a podcast recently. and I think it's so true that even the books nowadays that you hear about are pretty much there to sell you something. Like, there's very few books that actually want to just give you actual advice and share genuine wisdom with you. It's more like, oh, you want to check this out? Come to the website, sign up. And it makes sense from a business perspective. But from a user perspective, you're sort of dragged along this journey, waiting to get somewhere, spending so much time with someone and then you're thinking okay well I guess I can give it a go but the truth is that it's very challenging when you don't have people or mentors or, or people around side you to really help you and to be honest this is why I'm such a big advocate of having a mentor having coaches or having someone who's been there and done it because they can just simplify the process right don't do that just get that CRM choose that website developer pick that website do this do that you're done easy and suddenly you've got a roadmap and I think the biggest challenge out there is that people do not have roadmaps or they're attempting to create their own when there's people that have just done it before. Uh, what you just said, it totally resonates with me because I have a lot of clients that are starting out and you know they say, okay, I'm trying to use this. Which, which software should I use? Which one of these? They're always asking, like, what do you think? And when I was first starting, I would be like, I'd give them all the options. I'd read off the menu to them. Whereas now, like if you go, go back to the restaurant example, if you go to a really nice restaurant, my favorite thing to do when I sit down at a place that I can tell is good, you know, it's got good reviews. I can tell that my server knows what they're talking about. And so a lot of times I'll go, Hey, I'm feeling this type of food. What do you recommend? And a good server will say, I recommend this. This is very popular. A lot of people like it. I like it with this and they pair it with something. And then I go, awesome. You're the expert. I trust you. 
And then, so I took that over to my business side of things where when people ask now, they go, what should I do? This or this or this or this. I go, in my expert opinion. And you always, if I start it with that too, they go, oh yeah, I am hiring him because he is the expert. So I should listen to his advice. It's almost like saying, if you don't listen to me, you're just throwing money at me for not being an expert. But in my expert opinion, you should do this one. And I'll pick it for them because, yeah. because they don't know. They haven't done that deep dive. Like you said, they've just glanced at the surface and go, oh, Nate is the diver. He's been down there. He's looked at all the ins and outs of all these things. And based upon the information that I've given him, I need to pick this route. And I see the relief on so many of my clients' faces when I just tell them what they need to do. To turn back around, that is exactly why, like you said, you should hire a mentor or a coach or somebody who has done it before. So that they can say yes, in my expert opinion, you know, and then give you what they think you should do. And I love the analogy there. Just playing on that, I think that there's so many people swimming on the surface of the sea, looking down, thinking I ain't got a clue. Just chat to a scuba diver who's been down there and could just show you where the treasure is, right? It's it's it's, it's right. so 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 simple. But I, I think a lot of people find it challenging, and and it's very funny. I, I speak to a lot of people who are on their journey and they're, they're unsure about where to turn, where to invest. And, and I tell them with, with so much congruency that you've got to continually invest in yourself and invest in these mentors for different aspects of your life to help you move forward. And it's not just in business. I remember a few years ago, I was uh, doing a lot of stuff online, as I'm sure you guys do, but I was sitting down most of the day, right? I was coaching, but then sometimes sessions would be like two hours and I'd be grueling out, I'd be going out and helping this person and going through all the challenges. But by the end of it, my back was hurting, my butt was weak, my neck was hurt, my shoulders were hurting. And I was just in a room like the whole day. And like now I'm lockdown we're literally in rooms the whole day so my body started to break down and uh, this is funny this is also the time where I was visiting um, my, my now wife's family and they're Asian so in the Asian culture they obviously express love through a lot of food now in British culture you have to finish the food that's on your plate because that's polite, right? As polite British people, there's starving people in the world, as my mother always told me, you must finish all your food, right? So then we go to America where the plates are twice as big. So I'm already thinking this is a challenge, but yeah, I'm British, so I'll do my best. <laughs> as I finish things, they suddenly start serving more and more. And I genuinely thought they were challenging me. So anyway, long story short, within a month, I'd gain like 30 pounds. And I'm looking down, I'm thinking, what is going on? I'm working on my I'm turning to a podgy Ben. I'm helping people with their energy and I'm not waddling around. This can't happen. So then I, I had to hire myself a coach online. It took me six months to lose it, to lose it but a month to gain it, right? And I think it's so important to, to have those key people to help you with specific different areas, just to help you move forward and to give you the tools you need so that it's much easier to do it by yourself moving forward. I love that. Nate and I tend to lean on each other a little bit. We actually met while he was working at a software platform that I was using. He was in customer support there. And every time we would call, my assistant at the time was my son. And he'd be like, please get Nate, please get Nate, please get Nate. Because <laughs> we knew that Nate could answer our question for us. Oftentimes we'd get someone else who maybe wasn't quite as knowledgeable. Because Nate didn't just understand how the software worked. He understand why we were using it. A lot of our clients don't know what they don't know. This gal who asked the question, she doesn't know what she doesn't know because it's new to her. And so going to someone who's done it. So, you know, I've worked at home. I have five children. And so I understand what that's like. Go to someone like Nate who understands, you know, software, but also why you're using the software so that you use it correctly 
you don't just use it. Having someone who's been there, done that, and who knows what they know, that's really the key. And we actually have an episode right before this one with Wendy Y. Bailey, who talks about how to pick those coaches. So we won't go down that road of how do you pick it? Cause that's a whole other messy back end of the, that industry. But oh, the yeah. fact is, is that when we are in the overwhelm, we're in the mess. We're just in, the, we're in the bogs of everything. Hey Ben, do you have, you know, just to, to kind of transition a little bit, do you have maybe a messy back end story of a time that, you know, maybe, imposter syndrome got the best of you or getting overwhelmed got the best of you. And I know you did share a little bit of a story about where you made a mistake in terms of forgetting on stage. And a lot of people I know would say, oh man, my life is over. It's it's end. And obviously you recovered from that. You know, I know our listeners like hearing the stories from experts of going, oh, they're human too. You know, oh, to yeah, kind of, of eliminate that imposter syndrome a little oh, bit. So many. It's unreal. For those listening, like there are so many messy back ends in business. Like each year you could easily do a podcast for about 30 hours for all the different stuff that happens and the issues and the challenges that occur, especially doing business in China. Like the the, the challenges and the craziness that happens there is, is just crazy. I, I, I've got a I've got two fun examples. Um, so, so the first one was when I first started and I, I'm out in China and I'm doing some free events. I'm doing some coaching and I'm attempting to find my feet. I'm not really sure exactly what I'm specializing in, but I'm working my way forward. And I have this lady come up to me and she says, Ben, we're looking for a relationship coach. Could you, could you help us? And am I, and no. So I said, oh, I know a great relationship coach. Let me introduce you to her. Right? So I introduced them to a relationship coach and they were saying, no, 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 Ben, we want to work with you. And I said, Right. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally fine. Uh, let, let's have a conversation on Thursday. And in my head, I'm thinking, what on earth am I going to help these people with? Right. They're, they're about 15 years older than me. I genuinely have got I've never had clients in relationships before. So in my head, I'm thinking, what on earth am I going to do? Like talk about imposter syndrome. So <laughs> in my head, I'm thinking, OK, I've got to prepare something. So I start going online and look at relationship courses. Now I'm attempting to really like dive deep here as best I can. I'm swimming down and I'm thinking, I better find some sort of treasure to help these people. And, and as I started to go down and, and I was thinking, okay, well, I've got this. Like, how do I charge for my services? Like, how do I value something like this? And I think that's a huge challenge and you have imposter syndrome there of like, what do I charge for something like that. And back then I used to be charging on time as opposed to result and value. And I was thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe if they pay me like, I don't know, 5K over six months, like that would be good. Uh, let's just give that a go. And, and they said, yes. And then I remember just going through every single session thinking how and or, or what am I going to speak about and how can I actually make this happen? And I think that it's incredibly challenging diving into that, really having no idea what you're doing and just getting started on that journey. So I can totally relate to feeling like an imposter. And, and the truth is it's, it's leaning into that that makes it work. But the amount of mistakes that I made of, of not being sure what to say, I remember I would go above and beyond as a giver to attempt to give them as much value. I was probably wasting a ton of time. I was creating documents, sending videos, going above and beyond because I really felt like that was the way. And I think that there's a lot of business owners out there that almost give so much because they're scared of being found out as as a failure and feeling unsure. So that, that was a huge one for me. And then, you know, fast forward a few 
years, I, uh, so I lived in an Airbnb with, uh, with this guy. Um, and as we start to chat, I tell him what I do and I say, I'm running an event. And he says, oh, that sounds interesting. So he attends the event and then says, I work for a company. Would you run it for us? And I'm thinking, a company? You want me to run that event? And I'm thinking, yeah, usually I, I'm just chatting to a few people here and there. So now I'm going into a very large company, right? What, what, like, like one of the largest uh, shipping companies in the entire world. I'm going into their office. I'm going up the stairs and I'm attempting to meet the CEO. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? I've never worked with senior leadership before in my life. <laughs> what is going on? And they sit me down and they say, you know, have you done this before? And I'm like, Yes, I have done this before. I have coached people before. That's correct. And I'm thinking, you know, how on earth can I can I make this work? And we start talking. And then they're asking about prices. Once again, I haven't got a clue. I'm making it up as I go along. And it's it's those sorts of moments, Nate, that I think are just incredibly, incredibly challenging. And one of, one of the big mistakes I made from there is that I ran the seminars. They went great. Now, the, the truth is, back then, I didn't really have a business in China, so I couldn't really give them receipts and things like that. So I just got paid in cash. Now, when I mean cash, like literally a paper bag full of cash. Now, it was just unreal. Like, I have no idea what's going on. And, <laughs> and then after that, I start coaching some of their senior leadership online. So I'm coaching the senior leadership. I'm thinking they're a big company. I'm sure it will work out, right? I'm sure they'll figure out a way to pay me. Anyway, long story short, I start coaching them. And then, I, and then suddenly, boom, they just disappeared. And I didn't get paid for any of the coaching that I did. And for me, that was a great realization, a huge failure on my part for thinking that I've got to be more organized. And I've got to be better with what I expect from other people. And not just because they've got a title, not just because they're a big company, but I have to be much more aware of what I'm doing and what I have in place. And I really have to go above and beyond and think of that detail and the sort of how that needs to be in place. So things like that don't happen. Those are brilliant examples. Those are like the failures that led to success, right? The road to success is a huge mess. And we know this because the first day we recorded Facebook and Instagram was the day they shut down. If you remember that on March, 2018, everybody has that messy back end. We love your stories. You are another one of our favorite, favorite millennials, although you're just barely out of that millennial age group. Uh, we now have two favorite millennials outside of my five children that are all millennials as well. Excellent advice. I think that our listener who asked this question got way more than she was needing. And I, you went above and beyond. Thank you so much, Ben. It's been a complete pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. You guys have been amazing hosts. It's been a pleasure having some fun and sharing some wisdom on the show. And yeah, you're great, Ben. Thank you so much for being on here today. Well, folks, that's all for today's episode of The Messy Back End. It's Nate and Sheila signing off until next time. Thank you to our advertiser, PodServe FM. They will help you get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm forward slash messy to find out more. And thank you to our advertiser, Thrivecart. They're the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video on how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform by going to themessybackend.com forward slash subscribe and check us out on our YouTube channel for full episodes. Well, folks, that's all we have for today's episode of The Messy Back End. I'm Wendy Wybailey, known as your Income Acceleration Mentor, and I'm the founder and dean at More Coaching Client Sales and Marketing Academy. 
I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like my vacuum is getting cleaner with every episode. I can tell you from my own experience that processing, looking at the messy back end situation when it happens helps you to grow and learn and be that much better as an entrepreneur. Join us again next week as experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes into the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you're not alone. Every business has a messy back end that needs a little attention. I can, I can definitely relate having gone to both of those places. I remember when I went to the Cheesecake Factory, what a cheesecake, and I was at the cinema, and I was thinking, I've never not finished a cheesecake in my life. How is this cheesecake defeating me? And I remember finishing it, looking it up, and seeing it was like 15,000 calories. I'm thinking, okay, I'm probably not going to eat like the next day. Right? I'm just, I'm, I'm real. It's just crazy. Um, and I, can, I, can, I love your, your plate theory. I don't, I never eat. I never finish anything. Never. I, I'm, I'm like you, Ben. I see it as a challenge. Uh, I, I grew up. I grew up with four brothers, and so my parents normally weren't like, "You need to finish your food because there's starving children in the world." It was like, "Y'all better fight over this food because there's enough for four of you, and there are five of you." And so, you yeah. know, we were elbowing and diving on the table, and you, you had to eat it quickly, and because there's not going to be, you know, there might be like peas left over or something, but the steak and potatoes are going to be gone like within three seconds of sitting down. So yeah. I love it.